We're back. Welcome We're back. back to that Park Lab podcast. Of course, I am Greg, joined as always by Beth. Beth. I'm here. We took. We're here. We took a little break. Needed a little. Uh, a little in between here, but we're back, ready to talk more, some more Disney stuff. Yeah, we got some things. We uh, we both just been doing some job stuff, you know. Yes. And we just had a little moment. I was like, I felt like back to school, right? Everyone's exhausted because it's back to school, <laughs> and they probably were like, "Man, I just really need to hear another episode of our podcast." But sorry, we're having back to school moments too. Yes. So, we appreciate y'all's your patience, and uh, welcome back. Yes, we have um, another bit of our Walt Disney World facts, true or false. We've mm-hmm. done this at least once. And I know the Mouselets have been uh, kind of doing some of yeah. these too on their TikToks and whatnot. And I'm sure you all have seen some of those as well. And um, before we get into that, I did spend a little time in the park yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, as we were recording this, it was yesterday. And uh, I went to Epcot and it was fr- it was a Friday night. So, and I like to bring that up because typically speaking, Friday nights, Saturdays, and Sundays are usually like pretty busy. Yeah. And I know there's been a lot of talk about how the park capacities are increasing and, you know, it's basically crowded again. And yeah, I, I, maybe we were just lucky, but yesterday we went, we waited maybe 10 minutes for Soren. And most of the wait was spent like after you get past, like the, when they put you in one of the three concourses yeah. and you're kind of like waiting for the yeah. next show cycle. That was really our wait. And then um, after that, we had... Uh, we had dinner at Sunshine Season, which I haven't eaten there in a little bit of time. Ooh. And I had uh, their big old rotisserie chicken club sandwich. It's like Yum. you probably have seen it because I'm sure I've posted photos of it across time at some point. But it's like a big triangle wedge of bread that's like gigantic, like the size mm-hmm. of your head. But it's it's still really good. I've gotten it a bunch yeah. of times in the past, but it's obviously turkey. It has bacon jam, avocado, aioli, Monterey Jack cheese on a big old thing of focaccia bread. Sounds and honestly, delicious. I mean, I, I cut some of the bread off because I don't want to like be rolled around the park for the rest of the night. But um, it's still really good, and I yeah. and I'm glad that I got it. And uh, it came with a bag of chips, and I got Doritos and brought them home for Nicole because those are Look her favorite type of chips since she couldn't come with me to the park. Man, I haven't had a Dorito in forever. <laughs> uh, speaking of bread, I, I tried to make bread yesterday, and my um, I pro- I knew like when I put it together, I was like, this is gonna be dud bread. Basically, <laughs> my starter was like not as active as I wanted it to be. Oh but no! I was hoping that it would have been fine anyway, because sometimes it does turn out fine, and it definitely didn't. So I just made two dud loaves, is what I call them. But Doug doesn't mind. I was like, basically, they're like bread sticks <laughs> at this point when you cut it, because it's so flat and dense. And I was like, ugh. But either way, I was like, well, we got some bread. I got to figure out what's going on with my starter. I don't know. You know, quarantine I've never... problems. Yeah, it's still going on i feel like still going on i gotta keep my skills going because you know delta yeah. variant so who knows what's gonna happen i Your might just be opening my own shop this time i could see that baking with beth baking with and beth. Then you've got like a little baker's hat on it's basically um, just me screaming in the kitchen about how stuff's not working <laughs> it's not like i don't understand chef. like i'll just look at the camera i just don't understand what's going on with my like with with my starter like what's going on with it why is it so like why is it turning this color why is it doing this man just you know problems yeah well it's a legitimate problem you're you're spending your time in the kitchen trying to get that stuff done it does take Um, a very long time i will say that yeah well it's an investment we um after we ate we walked over to the imagination pavilion to do our ride with figment Mm -hmm. it was a walk-on which is good because you know waiting for that particular attraction is always frustrating for me because like it really shouldn't have a line but um i thought i'd let one of my nieces weigh in on a certain aspect of the journey into imagination with figment as you know uh toward like the middle end ish of the attraction you get to the point where you're in like the smell labs 
Yeah. And it's got that casino style thing where it's three figments and then it lands on the three skunks. Mm-hmm. So I thought it would be interesting to see what my younger niece, so she's turning seven this week, um, how she feels and what she thinks about this particular scene in a journey to imagination. So this is our little quick conversation while we were okay. on the ride. And of course this is the part where it, you know, uh, dispenses the the scent when it lands on the skunk also i just want to throw out that her new nickname is now guns mcgee just so you yes. know uh some of you won't understand that and that's okay because you're not on the pat chat but you can get on the yes. pat chat for five dollars um you know a little <laughs> shout out there for five dollars a month you can get on the pat chat and understand why she's now being called guns mcgee yes she may have a gun problem okay she's seven okay here we go here's her on a uh, journey to imagination what does it smell like Oh, no. Of course she thinks it smells like she, a She, like, fart. stopped, and she goes, it smells like a fart. Yes. <laughs> One dollar, Bob. That. <laughs> 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 oh, that's awesome. What's her She's name again? Her name is Brittany. Brittany, just that's like, right. Just like Brittany Spears. Mm, B-R-I-T-N-E-Y. And, uh, mm. Exactly, yes. And she's she's out of control. And just the whole time, she's like, Uncle Greg, what? Will you sit next to me on what, like, oh, whatever ride we're going? Will you sit so next much. to me on Yes. Will you sit next to me on Elsa? And then we're going on for, she calls it Elsa. Yeah. And she's like, I don't like Elsa on that ride. I'm like, why not? She's like, she's just really creepy. I'm like, what are you saying? <laughs> so we get on the, obviously we're on the attraction now. And we're in the part where like, Elsa's singing Let It Go. And like, as we're mm-hmm. approaching, she's like, I hate this part. And she sits there like shrugging her shoulders <laughs> and like with her arms up and stuff. I'm like, oh my goodness. So opinionated. She's really just jealous. She's jealous about it. It's okay. I mean, you know, who wouldn't be jealous of the Ice Queen? <laughs> we, uh, I picked up some 50th anniversary merchandise, m- namely mm. pins, actually. That's all I got. And, uh, you know, an extra one fell into my cart, which means we might Ooh. be doing a giveaway soon. So uh, keep your eyes peeled on our Instagram at that park life podcast and you might be winning when i'll hold it up to the camera even though no one else can see it but path but this nice fancy kind of like really shiny nice. shimmery with a little bit of gold Splendid. In it. it's very splendid yeah. yes before we hop into our big topic shout out to stephanie over at world traveler trading co of course our go-to mm-hmm. for disney themed key fobs dog collars those little lip balm holders keychain things all of the little accessories that you didn't realize that you needed in your life <laughs> And of course, you can save a little, a little bit of money with our special discount code. That Park Life. You know what That's it is. It. You know. You what know it what is. it is, and there's a link to her store in our description of this episode, as always. Nice. All right, you ready to do some myth busting? Basically, let's do some myth busting. Facts, true or yes. false? Mm. There's some ones yes. on here that I was like, oh, I haven't heard that one before. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think. What's the first one I have? Okay, so the first one is that a Magic Kingdom guest lost his head on Space Mountain. <laughs> Ooh, and his kappa like was detated. His kappa <laughs> was detated. I feel like we probably would have heard a little bit more about this if it was true. Mm-hmm. It's actually false, but I will tell you the story comes from uh, 1998, where a 37 year old man was actually hit on the head by a falling object. Oh, so that's a where star. So that's where that came from. I don't know what the falling object was, but it did hit him in the head. He did not lose his head. Yes. Blood everywhere. I'm just saying. This is yeah. This is one of those um, myths or theories or facts, if you will, that are tossed around because it's kind of easy to believe maybe more than others yeah. because if you've ever seen it with the lights on, you're closer to the structure yes. of the roller coaster than you may realize. However... If you think about it, because I still know people to this day who won't put their hands up. Yeah, any, I, I can't put my spot. hands up because I'm like, I don't <laughs> I don't know. Like, I just feel like we're a little bit larger than we were back in the 
the 70s <laughs> the and 80s. 80s. And I feel like if I'm going to put my hands up, I have I might get hit by something. I don't know. Yes. I mean, like, I would not advise, like, a basketball player to get in there and put their hands up by any Correct. means. So I, I'm – but I'm yes. like, but I don't know what the cutoff is. <laughs> yeah. I would say – I mean, there – you know, if you're, like, closer to seven feet, maybe no. But I have, I know people who are over six feet tall and have put their mm-hmm. hands up and they've walked away unscathed. And okay. generally speaking, you know, these things are safe. So uh, I would say, you know, don't don't be don't make yourself uncomfortable. But you can probably go out and put your hands up. But no, no one was uh, decapitated. At least there's been no proof, no documentation of it. There was a story about a uh, like a crash test dummy or like a, a test dummy mm-hmm. who lost their head on the attraction, and that's another that theory. Been, in addition yeah. to a guest getting reporting getting hit yeah. in the head with something that like second to that was this idea that a test dummy lost their head on it. But that could just be that it wasn't built right or something. It's tough right. to, to tell that it was for sure from the attraction maybe it was an eight foot tall test dummy what do we know lost his hand i believe it (laughs) here's a here's a fact or myth that's out there cast members can never point with one finger and it's the phrasing of that it's not like someone's gonna call the cops on you if you're a cast member and you and you point with one finger you're trained that way yes it's definitely part of the training i mean i i did it on on day one when i first got hired in in what is called traditions like the basically the the big orientation for becoming a cast member at walt disney world we practice we stand up we we use our two fingers because the official rule is either two fingers or a whole hand so you'll see cast members do like the full like palm out Mm -hmm. and, and direct you one way or the other and uh, there's been some theories as to why it's a two-finger deal instead of one. One, like, main prevalent theory is that it's believed that some cultures find one finger to be disrespectful. Mm-hmm. The other theory is that Walt always had a cigarette in his hand while he was walking around <laughs> Disneyland oh, and pointing sense. at things. And obviously, yeah. if you're pointing to get a cigarette, you're actually, like, using two because yeah, you're holding the cigarette between your, between your two fingers. And, uh, and pointing at things. So you go ahead and make the call as to why you think cast members are pointing. I'm going to say it's a both and. Yeah, could be. It's an homage. It well it's an be. homage and it's respectful. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because the American version, right? The American version is, well, he was holding a cigarette. Yes. The cultural version is we're trying to be respectful of other cultures. Yes. Trying to be inclusive, <laughs> not trying to rock the boat. As someone who has gone through that and as you know is and has been a cast member, I use two fingers to point pretty much everywhere. Yeah, and it's definitely a telltale sign that you're a uh, cast member, cast especially member. here in this area. Like, you're easy to spot. Oh yeah, it's like when you go anywhere and someone says "my pleasure," you're like, "Oh, you worked for Chick Fil A? Oh, Great, Chick-fil-A, okay, yeah. cool." Um, okay, the next one for mine is that the trash cans are actually bottomless, and the trash gets oh. sucked out of the parks. <laughs> so this is kind of false-ish. Mm-hmm. And Greg, maybe you can help me with this one. Um, no, they're not. I've if you pay attention, you can see people taking trash bags in and out of trash cans all day long. Yes, there is a trash can every thirty feet. Is that right? Something, something like that. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm sure much, it's not measured, but it's about that. Essentially, every thirty feet, you can find a trash can. Um, and that's just like, can you imagine the structure that would have to be underneath that in order for them to be holes under each trash can? Yes, and especially if they ever had to move them. Yeah, but some of them, right, some places do have, like, a trash chute, essentially, correct? There, There is a whole system in place where the, the trash cans are, are emptied. I mean, as and I'm sure there are there's someone out there, you might be either thinking, like, it's ridiculous to think that the garbage cans are bottomless. But they're, like, actually, that, that I've heard that question asked, yeah. and I've seen that question posted on some comments or, like, you, you know, someone's TikTok mm-hmm. or something. There are still some people who think that 
because they hear that there's a trash shoot system that exists. But they both they exist, but they're separate things. Right. Those uh, those trash cans are are independent things. But yeah, there are specific places to bring garbage to, and then it gets uh, lifted or like shot around park yeah. to a to a central location basically. And and you'll hear some people talk about how the utilidors are sometimes a little malodorous. Yes, a little because that's where the garbage shoots are. But mm-hmm. I mean, it is what it is. It's kind of like it's kind of like going into like a warehousey like a basement type thing where. It's never really a pleasant smell with or without trash, basically. And I'm like, the utilidor is not glamorous. Like, It's not meant to be. Yeah, it's not part of the show. Like, if you're thinking it's this magical land, it's like, no. It's There's regular music playing down there. You can't find your way out. Like, you could get stuck in there if you have no yes. idea where you're going. So, I don't know. Get that out of your head. Sorry. And also, Walt Disney is not buried down there somewhere. <laughs> no. I think we... I think we may have covered that in our first, like, yeah. you know, true or false thing. But, but his, no, body's his body's being preserved down there. It's not. It's not. Do happening. we know where he's buried? I've never even thought of that, though. What cemetery? In the, in the plot of uh, Haunted Mansion and Disneyland? <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. Probably no idea. not. Maybe we'll All look right. that up. <laughs> anyway. uh, so we'll, we'll switch gears a little bit and talk about something that involves the resorts. Okay. So there is a claim that you can reserve a campsite at Fort Wilderness not stay there but still receive disney resort benefits so let's expand on this for a second so let's say you're staying off property at a nearby resort let's say a non-disney resort but you want some of the benefits of staying on property which may include like the 30 minutes early once they start that i believe in october the early morning stuff or access to the bus system or even complimentary parking right at the at the auto plazas of the parks so let's say you want that. So the theory here is that you could get you know reserve your resort off property, simultaneously reserve a campsite at Fort Wilderness, which is pretty inexpensive compared to a resort room. Yeah. Because you're really just paying for a plot of land, and uh, it can range from depending on season around like sixty to hundred, or sometimes more depending. You know. Yeah. And if if you find that to be beneficial to you, you could do that. So that's what that's what the theory is here, and it's technically true. There is no rule that says you have to physically stay overnight at your campsite. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're if you're paying your nightly fee of your campsite, you you can do it. Yeah. I don't know that you have to check in necessarily. I feel like you might want to. Um, but you at could least still even just check in and like leave the property. It's not like they're going exactly, around yeah. like. And who are you? Okay, check mark. Like they're not yes. checking you. Checking yeah. your site. And with your mobile, you know, check-in through the My Disney Experience app, you don't technically even have to go to the property. And if you wanted to, you could technically park at your campsite, use the internal bus system to take a bus from Fort Wilderness to any mm-hmm. of the parks, obviously, and do whatever you want, if that's something you wanted to do. And, uh, you know, obviously this is an added expense to your trip. If this is something that you find beneficial, then you go ahead and do it. Decide if it's worth it. It is perhaps n- not... I don't. I wouldn't say it's not ethical because I, I don't know. It's like a gray area because I. I don't know. I, I think I might start to feel guilty if people really wanted to stay there. Right. You know, right. like things could happen. Like, let's say, what's the difference if, you know, something happened and like, let's say it's pouring down rain, right? And you've got holes in your tent and you can't stay there overnight, so you got to go yeah. somewhere else, right? What's the difference? Like, technically, there's really not that yes. much of a difference. Um, 
again, I'm like, as long as you're paying your money, like, why should Disney care kind of thing, you know? I think, and I don't know this in any official capacity, I would guess that it probably doesn't make a difference. If anything, they're saving money because if so, if they're getting the same amount of money, but they're mm-hmm. not using any of the amenities, no water, no electric, right. you know, no, like, no right. quote, wear and tear on the property, they're kind of, like, potentially walking away with a little bit more money. And that's probably why some seasons they, I mean, they continue to get booked up because it's like, I'm sure people are yeah. doing that. And I, I would like, well, I would like to know the amount of people that actually do that. Yes. Because this started like when I, when I first found out about this concept, it was when you were able to book fast passes when they were doing the fast pass plus still don't know if that's coming back. So people could get their fast passes at the 60 day mark versus the 30. Mm-hmm. Obviously right. you have to keep your reservation in order to do it. To but nowadays it, yeah. If you want to have more than, if you're an annual pass holder staying off property, if you want to be able to book more than three days ahead of time, you gotta be this on is property. one way to do it. It's an added expense. Obviously, if you're driving your car to Fort Wilderness to take the bus, you're adding on a ton of travel time yeah. to your uh, to your to your mornings. But again, that's totally up to you if this is something that interests you. All right, you ready for the next one? Yes. This next one is about sensory tickles. I feel like we need Mariah in here to talk about this one. Sensory t- tickles. What a weird thing. The, yes. uh, it says the parks have sensory tickles to indicate that you've changed lands. So uh, it's true. Uh, as you pass between lands and worlds or whatever in Disney World, if you pay attention to your feet um, at the edge of some of the lands, the pavement will abruptly change. And Walt is the one who actually called them sensory tickles. They're basically to startle you, like kind of make you look around and realize like, oh, you're in a different surrounding, right? You're in a different place. Yeah. Why don't you like look at more of the details of what's going on? I feel like especially with, um, you notice it more, I guess I would say, like when you're in Liberty Square because because of what it's really supposed to represent. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah, it's true. They're called sensory tickles just because it's more of like, okay, now you're in a different place. So take a look around, like, you know, see the difference here. Yeah, I think this is a really interesting concept. I, until now, I didn't. I've never heard of the phrase sensory tickles. tickles. It's like J- crispy pearls. Yes. Don't worry, we're, we might be talking about crispy pearls later on in our mm, news nuggets. That's right. So um, this is an interesting concept because we know. I feel like we're aware of the sound curtains. I feel like we've talked about that before, mm-hmm. especially leading yeah. into Pandora, because you can like tell as you're approaching, going over the bridge, that you're about to enter in a new space. Yeah. But the I don't know that I've ever really paid attention. Um, to the pavement to the ground changing i mean like if you would ask me do different lands have different pavement i'd be like oh yeah of yeah. course they do but i never really thought about the threshold like crossing the, the threshold into a different land yeah. yeah and for some reason when i was reading this the very first thing i thought of was oh liberty square has like some brickwork on the ground you know, like, yeah we need to make I this like a new thing we need people to post pictures of sensory tickles like hashtag sensory tickles Post the picture where you're basically in two lands at one time so you can see the difference yes. and then tag us in it. Let's do it. Let's make it yes. a thing. Let's sensory, make it a thing. Hashtag sensory tickles, which I don't know if you should hashtag that because I'm not sure what that would bring up. That might not oh, be no. good. That's a great idea. Maybe we need to do hashtag Disney sensory tickles. I don't know. Maybe yes, that's okay. another kinky thing. I have no idea. I'm just saying, <laughs> you know what we're trying to get out here. Yes. There is a, a, a pot for every lid, as they say. So I'm Gosh. sure there are people out there who like sensory tickles. It's like I want to say it, and then I'm like, no, Beth, we live in America and in the world. Yes. Back up. We probably yes. can't do that. Ugh. There's some pervy stuff going on. All right. Yeah. Speaking of Liberty Square, because we're talking about our sensory tickles here, uh, let's let's stay here and talk about this one. There are no easily accessible bathrooms in Liberty Square because that's how it was in that time period. Mm. 
interesting. Okay. So, of course, we're talking about how you're you're in Liberty Square. You need to go to the restroom. And, oh, whoops, there aren't any. There you can go to the any. Tangled restrooms, which are technically not in, in Liberty, Liberty Square. Square. Or you could ha- you basically have to go all the way over to just outside, like, the Swiss Family Treehouse. When that little, like, you know, by the sunglass yeah. hut where you're basically, you're at that point, you're also out of Liberty Square. And so this is this is a true thing to remain authentic to colonial times when there weren't indoor toilets. Liberty Square is not the area to be in if you've got to go. Um, there are some laws at play here too. Obviously, okay. with there being a restaurant in there, like Columbia Harbor House, as an example, there have to be restaurants in there. That's just that's code. It just has to right. it has to be that way. But. But they're chamber pots in the restaurant. I'm just <laughs> <Yes>. kidding. <laughs> don't flush. Just hold your nose. So um, this is a little bit of like, a, okay, I don't really know if this is 100% true or not. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't find any any like black and white on this. So let's call this a gray area. So yes, it's true that there aren't bathrooms easily accessible to keep in, in times with colonial times. But there are obviously restrooms in Columbia Harbor House. But they're said to be in the back corner of the restaurant so that they're actually geographically mm. located in Fantasyland and not technically in Liberty Square. Okay. But at that point, they're decorated in Liberty, Liberty right. Square. I mean, they're part of Columbia Harbor But then the House. other part of me was thinking about, well, what about like, if we're going with that mentality, then let's talk about Frontierland because Frontierland was technically outhouses. And I'm like, I was trying to think of the bathrooms in Frontierland. I don't, are there bathrooms in Frontierland? Um, Frontierland is, is interesting. I mean, not over by Big Thunder. And then Mm-mm. Splash has bathrooms oh, at Splash the end does, of their yeah. attraction. Yeah, you're right. But then you, you have to like walk up in there to get yeah, in there. Yeah, and they are kind and of more decorated like outhouses, I guess. So whatever. Whatever, yeah. Disney. And then, <laughs> <laughs> and that's really it. Because otherwise, I think the other bathrooms by the Sunglass Place are considered Adventureland. And obviously mm-hmm. the pirate bathrooms, yeah. the ones that tend not to have as many people in them, are, are <laughs> also are Adventureland because they're they're back there. So yeah. So Side note, uh, this those is thought good, to be... Those are good pooping bathrooms. <laughs> oh, good to know. Uh, number one for number two. So the, the end of this is really just that it's... If you want to stay in story here, you could say that the restrooms in Columbia Harbor House are basically in Europe, not the, quote, new world, right. which is the colonial times. Glad we could clear that up for everyone. Yeah, so now I'm feeling a little flushed. Yes, a little flushed. You like that? You no like pun that? intended. Um, yeah. All right, so this one is from Reddit. Should I just go ahead and throw that out there? This one's from Reddit. Yes. So. Uh, it says there, that there is a secret hatch on the top of Spaceship Earth. And this is actually true. It's true. What? There, There is an iconic photo of Mickey atop the sphere in the early advertisements for the opening of Epcot. And that's how they got him up there was through that hatch. So you'd think I... that they would, you know, pull out one of their <laughs> so, love, uh, so loved Disney cranes, one of the beloved <laughs> Disney cranes. But they didn't for this. There was a hatch and that's how they got it up there. I had wondered about that because I've seen that photo. I'm going to try to find a, a, a copy of that photo. Obviously, yeah. it won't be an original because I was not alive for that. But uh, And we'll post it so you can see what we're talking about on our story when this episode pops out. But I've seen that photo of Mickey on top of Spaceship Earth. And I, I had actually just assumed that either like lifted him up there, either in a crane or some type of helicopter. Maybe they're being funny and had a hot air balloon. Something yeah. where they just like lifted him up there. And I just thought like, well, like, put him down, I hope but... Mickey was anchored because the poor dude's going to, you know, his... Yeah. I would not describe his head as aerodynamic. I was afraid he might go flying away. No, and I'm sure it was smarter there. because if something were to happen or something were to come loose or whatever, they would need to get so, up there. They wouldn't yeah. like it, it. That's a lot easier, right? Than being like, well, we got to get the crane out because something's going yeah. on and we got to get so it's lightning. <laughs> yeah. So it makes more sense. Yeah. You could just duck back in there. 
that makes me want like which if let's just say um you like you beth not you playing a disney character yeah um had an opportunity to go on top in a safe way like you'd be anchored or yeah. like tethered the way that the characters are on the floats and the parades to go up to space spaceship earth would you go up there totally would pop out of the hatch yeah as long as i was hooked into things um i'm totally down with that i've worked on like many ropes courses before and although i'm like okay. terrified of heights um i always felt comfortable because i was double hooked like as long as you're double hooked into things i'm like that's great because it's a fail safe right yeah um so if i was hooked into like harnesses and stuff oh i would be all for it. i would probably even jump okay. off of it if i was hooked oh, into God. harnesses and stuff <laughs> scale the building like in an action movie yeah i would totally do that if, as long as i was oh, hooked up i think scaling I, it would be so cool here's the thing on paper that sounds cool in practice would be sweating i would be, not want to be in liberty square at that point because <laughs> i would need to use the restroom um i remember when i went up to the top of the contemporary the same level as mm. the california grill when i went up there before it was open and i like, took some pictures of the contemporary and whatnot i feel like that was um in the like mid pandemic um and i leaned over the side of like the contemporary yeah. overlooking bay lake tower and i was immediately oh, yeah. like scared because that's, you're up yeah, so but high that's scary because you're not hooked into anything like you could just know, flip but... over the top of that thing but if you're hooked into a harness that are like okay. you know whatever you would probably feel much more comfortable doing that so i'm just gonna throw I that would. out there i would love i don't even know if there's a platform up there but i would want to go to the top of tower of terror and look out yeah, i feel like that, that would, would be really be cool, cool. Too. yeah because i feel like i would feel a little safer up there because the the surface is i'm assuming flat and there's like a mm -hmm. ledge i'm guessing right. whereas on top of spaceship earth like when you're it's at round. the top you are the top of it like you're, you are the top of that <laughs> yeah. yeah um same thing with cinderella castle i would like to go mm -hmm. i'd like to stay in the dream suite right wouldn't we all wouldn't we all maybe one day wouldn't yeah. we all? not walt's apartment well that's a quick myth bust right there boom that was never supposed to be an apartment for right. walt he died long before that yes. castle was under construction okay so um, let's go over to one of the things that truly creeps me out, like nothing else in Disney World, and that is abandoned water parks. Yes. And uh, we're, of course, we're talking about, did I say a course? Like I'm um, some and type a of course. Non college. Yeah. Like a non-English writer. <laughs> <laughs> well, supposedly, we're talking about River Country, and the claim is that River Country mysteriously closed because of a brain-eating amoeba, amoeba slash bacteria. Mm -hmm. So- Let's talk about this. This is a pretty popular theory still to this day. A lot of people are are, are really kind of like knee deep in this theory about it, about it being true. It has been documented that a visitor did suffer from a brain eating amoeba. That is true. Unfortunately, mm -hmm. this person didn't make it. However, that was in the year 1980. Mm -hmm. This park closed, depending on how you look at it, either 2001, two or three. But it closed in the 2000s. So obviously, they did not close it for the brain-eating amoeba that may or may not have actually uh, taken this person's life in 1980. They generally yeah. don't wait 20 years to make a decision. Although I believe right now they're on year 20 for them to open up Tron. I believe that's what, what year we're on now. Yeah. Um, that's maybe the only time they take 20 yeah. years to do yeah, something. So um, in total, since 1962, which, which might have been, I'm guessing, maybe the first documented case of this uh brain eating amoeba but since 1962 there have been under 150 cases 150 150 cases worldwide of this particular brain eating amoeba so mm, chances are river country was not closed right. because of what is essentially a probably never going to happen to you yeah. bacteria i know when you think about how microscopic it is like there have yes. been instances in our state where it's happened 
um, in the last like 20 years. But yeah, it's just crazy how like the odds of it and how like microscopic this thing is. And it's like, I don't know. It's just crazy to think about because it was like in one of our big lakes or whatever. And I'm like, well, it's not like they shut the lake down. Like people have been in the lake yeah. ever since then. And no one else has had it. You know what I mean? It was just like this yes. particular area, this particular place, this particular person. So. Yes. It's basically like getting hit by lightning. Yeah. Not not so much in the side effects, but the likelihood or maybe even less than. So yeah. uh, Disney also noted throughout this process, their thorough water filtration system that's in place that always was there, you know, built to reduce risk because they wanted to filter out. Right filter out lake water not specifically for brain eating amoeba but that would be something that (laughs) potentially would get caught maybe more so for like you know fish poop floating around hitting you in the face that kind of thing (laughs) Um, so here's what actually happened so we know that it it really couldn't have been about this brain eating bacteria it really wouldn't make sense 20 years later to be like oh you know what it's been some time let's close it so Right before 9-11 in 2001, River Country closed towards normal seasonal closing, kind of like how still to this day, uh, Blizzard Beach and Typhoon Lagoon alternate opening and closing, although right now it's been just Blizzard Beach as we're as a part of our phase reopening, um, you know, for COVID stuff. But uh, so before 9-11, it closed. And then after 9-11, there was, as you might imagine, a sharp decrease in Walt Disney World attendance as a whole. And basically, there wasn't enough, there weren't enough visitors to justify three water parks being open. So since River Country was closed, they just kept it closed. And they had, um, you know, they had displaced their cast members to the other water parks or probably pools across property and whatnot. And then it was uh, planned to be reopened in the year 2003. That was the goal. So closed for its seasonal change over in uh, its seasonal, like, refurb time in Mm -hmm. 2001. They said maybe by 2003 it'll reopen, and it just never reopened. Yeah. Instead, they kept Blizzard Beach and Typhoon Lagoon open, which makes sense. They're much larger, greater capacity for visitors. They have a lot more going on. And a side note for this story, because this this 9-11 impact um, went beyond just river country. So see if any of this sounds familiar for what's happening right now. Mm-hmm. Not only did Typh- Typhoon Lagoon, not only did river country not open, and the the general crowds uh, were lowered, but Disney closed Port Orleans French Quarter completely. Mm. By the way, still closed yep. because of this. And uh, they uh, closed most of Port Orleans Riverside, which, as you know, currently yep. at the time of this recording, also completely closed, closed for a pandemic. Um, the construction on Pop Century stopped, which uh, and they they postponed its opening. Which, if you've ever wondered why there is one section in Disney's Art of Animation that is not quite like the others, the Little Mermaid section, mm-hmm. it's because that building was built to be Pop Century, so they stopped mm. it and called it Art of Animation. Yeah. So Art of Animation opened in 2012, Pop was 2013. So they were just like, all right, we're gonna adopt this building yeah, and call it always, Art of Animation. So always shifting the it, projects there. Yeah, it looks, if you've ever stayed there, if you've seen photos, because I know I've stayed there a few times this past year, um, the building looks, it's they're totally different. All of the rooms in the other buildings at Art are indoors, like the right. hallways are indoors, like the Art Deluxe Resorts. Right. But here's this random kind building, of like orphan yeah. building where it's different. And I'm sure we'll talk more about that when we get to our resort rundowns. But anyway, what is the next myth that we may or may not be busting? Uh, well, this is one that I wanted, like, for me, to, like, this is my wrap up because I had a question for you because I was like, okay. there's no way this can be true, right? 
So it says, I knew someone who worked at Disney World in Orlando and said that they released cats at night after the parks closed to control the rodent population. They collect the cats at the end of the night and keep them in the underground series of offices and pathways they use to make navigating the parks easier. There's no way this is true. I saw this one too. Because I'm like, how would you, how would they keep, hello, have you ever owned a cat? Like, have you ever seen a cat? (laughs) There's no way they'd be able to wrangle them at the end of the night with how large these parks are. No. So I can't, I can't truly confirm or deny, and I can give you my opinion and like what I say might be an educated opinion on Mm -hmm. this, but you're right. I think I would believe that there was a time, probably Disneyland versus Disney World, but maybe it happened here early on where they did actually bring some cats to property, hoping that they would stay and live. Yeah. Not necessarily keep them in a location, but like hopefully they would find a habitat Um, or maybe even put out like, like a, I don't know, a backstage shelter for them or something like how, like somewhere for them to sleep and they get to roam around. Right. I believe that maybe they were somewhere brought here as like a, let's see if this works situation. Yeah. But I really, really doubt that there is a team of people who are responsible for wrangling cats. Right. I really don't think because that you the know what we here. would have had them on our podcast already <laughs> if this was I true. Just, yes. Although I do have a, I was having a fun time picturing like cats coming in, like commuting into the office, <laughs> clocking in, like <sighs> putting like their collar name tag on it. Like kill some rodents. here we go. I know I'm going to get forced extended today and I'm going to be yeah. on my, on my sixth day and I'm here. I am eating these rats and no one cares like, me take it for granted you imagine the cats and the disney ducks like what that would be like yes the br- <laughs> maybe they have like they have street fights at, at night maybe it's like the oh my goodness it's like the sharks and the jets yes they're right there crazy oh my gosh maybe they should do this so i think we could go ahead and say this is a this is a false at least as it is written so is it possible? By the yeah. way, I've seen cats. Cats at Disney are a real I have seen cats thing. too. That's why I'm like, I've yeah. seen cats, but there's no way that there's like a wrangling team at night. I mean, I, I could see it that they would maybe release some that they fixed, right? They fixed some cats. They put them out there. Yes. But I'm like, there's no way they're like, you know, on purpose, have a bunch of cats roaming around at nighttime and they wrangle so, them man. in. That's so crazy. Yeah. Watch us like find out that it's true. And then we're like, where have we been? Where has this been all of our lives? I have so many questions about that. If it is true, well, like who? How you can't? Right? I know. I, mean, I like know. They would hide. How would you, you know? Can't. Like, well, you have trackers Correct. on them. Like, I don't know. That's just weird. Since I've known Nicole, our family has vacationed up in Vermont, whatever, and they would bring their family cat with them. And when it was time to go, when they had to put the cat in like the carrying case, their cat would go into the middle of one of the beds and cling to the yeah. top of it. So, yeah. like, that's just one example <laughs> of many where cats don't care what you think. Right? They're going to do right. their own thing. Right. And I have seen cats. I mean, I've been in the resorts where I've seen cats run by and like, mm-hmm. I just assumed it was at some, you know, first of all, it's Florida. Basically any, There's, any yeah. animal I feel like you're going to see. Right. In one way or another. So I think we can safely say that. No, I don't think there are cat wranglers yeah. at Disney World. Although I would maybe apply for that job. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, do do? I do have one. Cat wrangler. I do have one honorable <laughs> mention. One last little like mm-hmm. quick Disney fact or myth or something. And the, the quote fact is there are no quote lost children, only quote lost parents at Disney. And this is one of those things that I love because it's true when the way that it is worded, because it's like your fun, typical Disney way of wording things to put the focus on what's truly happening. Because I mean, if you really want to like be a nerd about this, (laughs) if I'm a cast member and a child comes up to me and can't find his parents, that's not technically a lost 
child because you know where the child is. Right. The child has lost his, his or his her parents. parents. So if they're talking about it, they they call it, um, they might actually have a code for it, but if they're using regular terminology, let's say to a guest or to other guests, maybe they're saying that they're, they, they're currently dealing with a lost parent situation. Yeah. Yeah. Which is nice because as a parent, you know, and, and and kind of thinking of it like in terms of a PR thing, when you hear lost children, like, oh, my gosh, Disney can't keep track mm-hmm. of the children. Well, yeah. obviously, it's up to the adults. So the idea of calling it lost parents is actually kind of funny to me because it puts the onus on the parents for losing the kids. That's right. It should be their fault, right? Which I'm sure happens. <laughs> when my sister was little, I mean, like little, little, maybe like three when she was like old enough, obviously old enough to run, but like would still wobble, like wasn't 100% sure. She would she would run all the time. She would constantly yeah. run off of the curb and run into the parade. She'd be like, no, stop it. Yeah. She, <laughs> you can't always, you can't always control She needed them. a leash is what you're trying to say. She needed, I wish that we had leashed her up because I would have, <laughs> as a, like, up. I was seven when she was born. So when she was three, I was around 10. As I, a 10 year old kid, I would have loved having to have my little sister uh, on, a on a leash. I wish they, <laughs> that's my favorite quote. I wish we would have leashed her up. <laughs> Oh my gosh, good I can't stuff. Wait. I can't good wait to stuff. tell her that. Gorsh. All right, so what good. you got? All right, I got a couple of things. The first one is that Space 220 has been announced. So the restaurant, yes. Space 220, they've announced that it will open in the fall, which is mid-September is what they're saying. And I was going to ask if you saw Zach Ridley's um, Instagram account. They also reposted it on the Disney Parks blog account. Yeah. Um, but it's like a sneak peek into it, and it looks – I mean, we knew it was going to be cool. cool looking. It looks super cool. Yeah. Yeah, so, I'm excited about it. I'm sure uh, we'll be seeing all the YouTube videos once, like, people get reservations and stuff. Uh, I am yes. curious about what the food options are going to be in there. But as far as the atmosphere, it does look really, really cool. And if you want to get a sneak peek of it, you can do the uh, go to the Disney Parks blog, Instagram, or Zach Ridley's Instagram account. That's where he's posted it. Yes. And I am also curious about the food because this is a non-Disney-owned and operated mm-hmm. restaurant. And it's like I believe space. it's the Patina Group. Right? Like yes. food and space isn't supposed to be good. So it's like, what are you guys going to be offering Like as far as like theming? <laughs> like what are the names of these things going to be? <laughs> It's just, it's, it's a bunch of freeze dried. It's all freeze dried chicken. Yeah. It's basically military meals. You have to open them yes. yourself. <laughs> it's a just add water kind. Yeah. Let me give you a nug. This is a little bit larger of a nug because uh, both of my uh, nugs, by the way, are holiday related. So let's start with yeah. Halloween because let's technically it. it's Halloween season. I know it might be too soon for some people, and I respect that. I However, don't respect that. Kingdom, it's never too soon. <laughs> well, I don't know. I get it. But, you know, Magic Kingdom has had their has had two boo bashes mm-hmm. at this point, maybe three. So like it's it's Halloween time. So Disney announced some best bites for the Halloween 2021 season. Mm. And I'll put a link to the Disney Parks blog article, too, in, in the uh, show notes here. But some quick highlights. And I wanted to pick ones that had the longest time range of being available because some yeah. things that they're it's advertising like for a week. are only available like Halloween yeah. weekend. So yeah. like, OK. I know that, uh, you know, you listening to this, maybe you'll be here in September, maybe October, probably not just Halloween weekend. Also, I'm curious how many so, people are like, oh, well, I have to go for that weekend because they have this food offering. Like, how many people are really well, doing that? You know what? Let's start there because your boy Greg <laughs> will be dragging his white booty <laughs> over to the Wilderness Lodge Roaring Fork because it's available for three days. Mm. It is the Going Batty Cupcake. It is my all-time favorite Ooh. chocolate cupcake. Okay. It is a chocolate cupcake with a ganache icing and sugar cookie bat, and they've had it before, yeah. and I, it's like a chocolate overload, and honestly, it was so, 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 so yeah. good. And I'm just I'm saying, be... like, how many people are like, I have to get a Boo Bash ticket for this 
like weekend because oh, yeah. of that offering. You know Probably what I'm not. saying? Like I'm I'm talking yes. about offerings that are only in the park for the boobash. Oh, not necessarily oh, uh, not like me. a resort thing. Okay, no. that's what I'm talking about. No, no, I don't agree with that. So um, everything I'm about to mention to you are um, available outside of the at a boobash. Just FYI, so these are regularly available items. Um, regularly some of these for like available. two months. Yes. So let's start at the Contemporary at the Contempo Cafe. Go for the peanut butter pie, mm-hmm. but stay for the mini Halloween cake. Mm. It is a Halloween sprinkle cake with a candy bar custard and chocolate glazed, Ooh. available the entire month of October. Cool. Yum. On the monorail, uh, you can hop on the monorail over to the Grand Floridian for three things. Uh, the All three of these are right up your alley, Beth. I don't know okay. if you've seen the list of these I haven't. things. Um, all three of these are available September 1st through November 1st, so solid two months mm. of availability. These are all at Gasparilla Island Grill. The first is the Hocus Pocus Amok Cakes. It's like three little cupcake okay. things. Because Amok, Amok, Amok. Yes. They are rich devil's food cake with peanut booter Ooh. filling decorated to resemble all three Sanderson sisters. So like the frosting on top are whipped up yeah. the way that their hair is, yes. like in that cartoon style, different colors. Yes. Uh, next is the Jack Skellington Pumpkin Pie Pop. Ooh. It is a pumpkin pie. Cake pop? Well, here's how they describe okay. it. A pumpkin pie colossal pop. So you've seen like smaller. It's larger pops, like than a like cake the Starbucks pop. Okay. This is like smaller than like a candy apple, but larger than a regular okay. cake pop that you're used to. It's covered in white chocolate decorated as the iconic pumpkin king. And then uh, the other thing I'll mention is the Sally's stitched up whoopie pie heart. Ooh. So it's a whoopie pie in the shape of a heart, okay. but it's got like that like stitching yeah. on it. It's vanilla heart-shaped whoopie pie adorned with Sally's signature patchwork. And where are all those? Where are all those? All three of those at Gasparilla Island Gasparilla. Grill at Disney's Grand Floridian mm. Resort. Dude, go there, get the chicken and brie sandwich. Yeah, it is you told excellent. Me about that. It's truly delicious. And then get one of these desserts get while you're there in September and November. September and October. Um, Amaret's Patisserie has the Haunted Mansion cake. You know they've been like really stepping up their stuff over there in Disney Springs, the yeah. Amaret's. Trying to get more people This up. one is a Haunted Mansion cake. It's a brownie with diplomat filling. I don't know what that means. Me neither. Uh, with purple and black chiffon cake available September 5th all the way through Halloween. The Backlot Express and the Trolley Car Cafe in Hollywood Studios has a spooky ghost cupcake. This is now, it's available now through Halloween. A fudge-filled chocolate cupcake topped with cookies and cream, buttercream, spooky sprinkles, and a vanilla meringue ghost. Okay, I found out what Diplomat is. Okay. Diplomat cream is a combination of one part pastry cream to one part whipped cream. So it's a creamy filling. Oh. Yeah. Oh, so interesting. There, you go. Um, there are plenty of other Halloween options across property. Plenty of drinks. Like I mentioned, I'll put a link in. And you can go ahead and read through and see which one of those has your crispy pearls on them. There's quite a few. Pearls. Quite a few of those uh, use that as part of their decoration. So if you're not hungry now, I don't know what to tell you, but I'm craving all of most of these things that I just mentioned. Yes, so good. Sorry, I'm daydreaming about them now. I need a mo- <laughs> I need a moment. Um, especially because I'm gonna eat lunch right after this, and I'm like, mm, I would love to follow it up with one of those. <laughs> so good. Yes. Um, okay, the last nug that I had was that the medals have been revealed for the Wickedly Delicious Half Marathon Weekend, and they're pretty awesome. They're like villain. Oh, yeah. Uh, they're for the Wine and Dine Marathon Weekend. That is November 4th through the 7th, and so they're like villain, you know, inspired. So they've got one that's the Evil Queen. They've got a Jack Skellington Oogie Boogie. Um, they've got an Ursula, and then there's a Kronk, and I can never remember how you say her name from Emperor's New Groove. Beats me. It's like yet. 
Yzma. Izima. Izima. Maybe Izima. I don't know. If you love that movie, you know how it is. And I just butchered it. So I'm going to go ahead and apologize to you. But that's that one in Kronk. So good. Um, but they look really cool. You can also check those out. Um, they posted those on the Disney Parks blog, too. But if you are cool. going to do this marathon weekend, get excited because the medals are awesome. All right. I have one little nug. And some of this has, uh, let's say, potentially unfavorable news. Okay. Okay. So uh, they announced the... They announced more details for the very merriest after hours. Mm-hmm. So we knew that it, there was going to be the after hours event. Yeah. We knew that the fireworks were returning because they said it was Minnie's most wonderful, whatever, whatever, yeah. America number one fireworks. <laughs> and uh, But with the new details are that we are getting a full parade as part of the after hours oh, event okay. in November and December. It's the once upon a Christmas time parade. So yeah. the full parade is oh, back, not, not cavalcades throughout the night. Yeah. They did announce that one of the attractions available during the after hours event will be the Jingle Cruise. So I assume yeah. it'll be Jingle Cruise during the rest of the day, which is good news. Big fan of Jingle Cruise well, layover. Get to see it at night overlay. Too. They also announced the holiday version of Monsters Inc. Laugh Floor. So I'm guessing yeah. it'll be regular during the day and they'll do some extra Christmassy jokes at night. That just reminded me that I that I have an episode of Monsters at work that I need to look at. So oh, yes. thank you for reminding that me that. You're welcome. Uh, Club Tinsel is coming back to Cosmic Rays. Oh, my gosh. You're right. Absolutely. Club Tinsel. Out of control. Your number one party destination in all of tomorrow. It is always hopping in there, y'all. I'm serious. You think it's like you're like, oh, Club Tinsel, whatever. When you go by there, it is a hopping party. I'm telling you. Nope. Sunny Eclipse gets to go into the ceiling yep. and you get to see the other part of the stage. The and then they have a DJ out. up there on the ones and twos. The reindeer are dancing. Their little bells are jingling, if you know what I mean. And yeah. it's just it's a wild time. They did also announce that, you know, stay tuned and you might see some or keep your eyes peeled for some snow. Yes. So I'm guessing they'll do the snope down Main so they're Street, pretty much which is doing such a what nice they, vibe. Like that's a full on like thing, right? Christmas party. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So um, you're also entitled to complimentary ice cream novelties, a.k.a. Mickey mm-hmm. Premium Bars, uh, popcorn and bottle drinks, typical after hours uh, components. So uh, here's maybe something that you won't find uh, too magical. And I found in life that. Sometimes if you have to deliver bad news, it's better to do it with a little, like, fun music in the background. <laughs> so now we get to the part of the very merriest after-hours event where we talk about how much it costs. Oh, so gosh. if you're planning on visiting the very merriest after-hours event in Magic Kingdom in November, be prepared to pay a starting price of $169 oh, my plus tax per adult, going up to $229 as you approach Christmas. And hold on, there's more. The last two events of the season, December 19th and 21st, you will pay $249 per person for the very merriest after-hours events. And now I'm not excited anymore for it. Good luck, everyone. I hope you all have a great time. (laughs) Yes. I hope you eat all your weight and all of the free snacks that they have, because that's probably what I would be doing. Bring dry ice and just load yourself up on premium bars. I'm also curious when they say that they're like sold out, if those events actually are sold out, like, or if they're just trying to like create scarcity, they're just trying to like drum up more hype around it. Possible. Oh, that makes sense. Oh man. Okay. We're going to need to move on from that because it's going to make me real angry if I sit here and talk about it. All right. You know what? Don't worry. Paul and I will be talking about it later. (laughs) Okay. Then it sounds like a, a good a time as any to jump into some Disney history, as always, in partnership with the Mouselets. Go check out their TikTok, their Instagram, their website, themouselets.com, for some unique Disney-inspired magical merchandise. All right, what you got? Okay, I'm going back to all the way back to 2006 because I don't really remember this, and I was going to ask if you remember this. 
says, after okay. nearly 13 years of entertaining Walt Disney World guests, Merlin performs his last Sword in the Stone show in front of the Cinderella's Golden Carousel. Merlin has been challenging young guests to pull the sword from the stone several times a day in Fantasyland at the Magic Kingdom since 1994. He was also featured in Walt Disney's Parade of Dreams. And this is what he huh. would come out and say. He would say, I am Merlin, advisor to King Arthur, and right now it is my job to discover which one among you is qualified to be temporary royal ruler. Since the responsibilities are so great, I will be selecting several people throughout the day to share these burdens of leadership. So have no fear. If you get selected, it is just a part-time job. Do you remember <laughs> this at all? Not this version of it. No, okay. they, like, they've done some stuff with that after, but yeah. no, I don't, I don't remember Merlin being out I know, there. which was cooler. I feel like we would have noticed it, right? Like if Merlin was walking around yeah. trying to get kids, because there'd be more crowds right there, I guess. Yes. But yeah. With his big old beard. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, I've been there when they had the like the storytellers or whatever they're called, yeah. like the royal, I don't, I can't think of what they're called, but they'd be out there and they would do their, their dog and pony show. Mm -hmm. And I, we had, Nicole has a video of me. I should see if I can find it. I was included in the people that were attempting to pull it. Yeah. And of course it didn't. Yes. It didn't come out. They let the kid after me do it. And it's ridiculous. Yeah. I, I want to be a kid. Yeah. Let me pull it. I have an ego too. <laughs> I have self-esteem. <laughs> anyway, um, I'll take us back to the year 1986 when Crockett's Tavern opens in Walt Disney's Fort Wilderness Resort. Which is funny. We talked a little bit about Fort Wilderness quite a bit today. Um, this is part of Trails, part of the Trails and Restaurant. Mm -hmm. It's located on the northern end of the campgrounds, basically as you approach the water. And it's still around to this day, and that's why I, I wanted to mention it. Sometimes you hear about restaurants or things that opened in the 80s, and they've since closed, and it's something new now. But nope, Crockett's Tavern is still open, still booming over there uh, at Fort Wilderness. 30-something years, 35 years later. Well, do you know what I have to say to that? What? Crockett, David Crockett. <laughs> I don't remember what the other words were of it. King of the Wild Frontier. King of the Wild Frontier. Is that how, isn't that how it is? That's all I got. That's yeah. all I remember. That's just for you guys. Um, all right. So we have a quote to wrap us up here. Uh, if you like what you've heard today, feel free to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. So we're on all the podcast things. Uh, we'd love it if you would leave us a review over on iTunes. It just helps us to be found easier. Um, especially with all of other Disney podcasts out there that we love, but we would love for people to find ours. So it just helps us there. And you can also follow with, along with us on Instagram or TikTok. Right, Greg? Up yes, and up sir. with the TikTok. We are at that Park Life yeah. podcast. My personal Instagram account is at the real Beth McDonald. And my personal account is at the Disney Greg. And if you want to submit a request for an episode, share a magical cast member moment with us to be shared on the show, or some Disney magic with loved ones who can't get to the parks, you can head over to our website at That Park Life Podcast and submit a magic gram. It's free for everyone because we love sharing the magic. All right. A quote to end our episode today coming to us from a movie you may remember called Chicken Little. Okay. So I feel like this is like a tangent Disney movie, okay. but it is what it is because yeah. I think it's a really great quote. Though at times it may feel like the sky is falling around you, never give up, for every day is a new day. Mm. And with that, with we hope that, you have a good week. Yes. Thanks for hanging out with us. Thanks for uh, busting some myths with that's us right. this week. We appreciate Disney it. Disney myth yes. busting. That's what we do. Yes. Although next that's time I would do. like for you to wear the mustache, okay? Okay. I'll see what I can do. All right. Have a good week. Talk to you next week, everyone. Bye. <laughs>